Let's talk a bit about a fascinating article by Professor Kuriyama called Numa Chi and the Problematic of Breath. Professor Kuriyama is a prominent historian of medicine who works on both Greek medicine and Chinese medicine together, which is a rare combination um, of as a scholar. And so he's got some really amazing things to say that will help us rethink uh, what we might assume about bodies, our, our bodies, and breath. So he begins with some comments about the notion of pneuma, uh, which we might translate as breath or air, at the which figured at the core of traditional European discourses on the living body in a similar way that Qi did in the medical traditions of China. So his uh, his interest here is to think about what is the difference between pneuma and Qi, and how do they operate differently in terms of um, the understanding of the body in each of those cultures. Related to that, he's interested then in how the similarity between, or dis dissimilarity between qi and pneuma might tell us something about different conceptions of the human body in each of those cultures. So he points out at, in the introductory pages that although there are many detailed historical accounts tracing how pneuma changes, it's how the understanding of pneuma changes over time in uh, medical history, and there are many similar um, historical studies of the changes of the meaning of qi, there is really no uh, research, aside from Kuriyama's own research, that studies the interactions between uh, qi and pneuma or the differences, the uh, sort of comparative differences between uh, those two concepts. And so this article is an interesting example of the importance of comparative history. So Kuriyama begins this article by tracing the early understanding of pneuma. Uh, he says on page four that by gr late Greek and Roman antiquity, it's almost impossible to speak of human beings and the cosmos in which they lived without reference to pneuma or its Latin descendant spiritus. So for physicians, for doctors like the famous uh, Dr. Galen, the smooth uh, Forcing of pneuma throughout the body was essential to consciousness, perception, and action. And disease occurs when there are disruptions to the flow of pneuma or breath um, throughout the body. But then he says, um, if we look back in history, pneuma didn't always have that sort of sense in um, European discourse. So he goes back to look at uh, when did pneuma or breath become so important. It's not until classical antiquity, uh, Kuriyama says on page six, that both pneuma and chi became uh, central to discourse and classical discourse in the most sophisticated Greek and Chinese writings. So he says, at the time when these two concepts became so central to classical writings, on page six, he points out that 
Numa, the phenomena that placed Numa and Chi at the center of both Greek and Chinese medical discourse was the invocation of Numa and Chi to articulate inner life. So those concepts only became so central in medicine, in both of those, in both Greek and Chinese medicine, when it became a concept that explained an understanding of our inner life. He goes on to say that Numa and Chi, of course, were part of the cosmos and changes in, in the body or in the self were related to changes in the cosmos. And so, in fact, it became the case that the functions of Numa and Chi or breath were, were to provide a language to talk about the intersection, the interconnection between the body and the environment or the cosmos. So what I find so fascinating by this um, article and what I'd like you to um, think about in the context of this course in particular is a statement on page seven, beginning on page seven when Kurdiyam is talking about how the early concern of the medical tradition is exactly the crucial role played by the study of winds. So the medical uh, diagnosis and medical understanding of the body had to do with the, the environment, with the seasonal winds. And so Kuriyama, on starting on page eight, um, discusses some early medical sort, uh, texts that express, as he says, the conviction that subtle shifts of seasonal winds powerfully influ influence the dynamics of health and sickness. He goes on to say that Chinese physicians also shared this concern uh, with, the, with awareness of the wind's potential dangers. So the Chinese medical class, classics tell us that the winds cause seize, uh, sneezing, sore throats, headaches, dizziness, and numbness. And that's just the beginning, he says. All kinds of diseases are un understood to be caused by wind, by the external wind outside, by the weather, and therefore, on the job of the doctor is to understand climate, to understand the environment and the workings of the wind. So on the bottom of page nine, he says, Numa in early writings was intimately linked to wind gradually, but then gradually became conceived primarily in terms of changes within the body and became the concern of medicine and understanding of uh, health and illness shifted to a concern with inner breath as Numa became culturally identified as the inner breath. So this is the um, important shift in the history of medicine that he's looking at both in Greek and uh, Chinese medicine. So this is a shared feature between uh, the history of Numa and Chi. First is the early and close association with wind, the cl climactic wind. And the second is the drift away from the wind, the concern with wind, and toward the intensive articulation of inner breath. So in this course, as we work through our understanding of breath and its connection with it, with wind, this is an important article for us to think about carefully 
uh, and think about the imagination of the wind that uh, Kodiyama discusses in archaic Greece and China. So the winds in those cultures were divinities to whom prayers and sacrifice were offered. Uh, and their wind is, uh, the imagination of winds in both cultures is rich in mythic and iconographic suggestion, Kodiyama says. Winds form and transform the manners of a people, the shape of their bodies, the turn of their minds, he says on page 11. But the winds themselves are ceaselessly changing. Their directions shift suddenly and unexpectedly. As uh, uh, later in history, though, his article is telling us that there's a shift in inter interpretation of pneuma and chi away from those winds and into a kind of a more systematic understanding of the inside of the body and an investigation of the inside of the body. And so he says on page 13 that this marks a transformation of medicine itself, the discipline of medicine, um, into a systematic science, where it becomes then a systematic science not of the environment, the, the environment or the environmental winds, but of the body and the inside of the body. So on page 14, again, he says, essential to the systematization of medical knowledge was a fundamental shift to, in the object of knowledge, a reorientation of focus from inscrutable winds in, and the outside environment to the knowable body, the internal body. And moreover then, he goes on to say that it's not only a shift of focus to the body, but it's a shift of focus from external influences to inner breaths, which marks a, a sense of diff a different demarcation of the inner from the outer, which then he uh, suggests is nothing less, on page 15, he says, nothing less than the historical creation of the body. So he digresses a little bit to comment um, on how commonplace it is about among anthropologists and cultural historians to say that the body is not a self-evident or a natural given. It's not just that we have a body that we know automatically or that we can understand clearly, but the body itself, what we understand to be the body, is a historically constructed reality. The body, in other words, is a product of history. So Kuriyama's work in this article and in other um, uh, research that he's done is to trace the development of the body or the understanding of, of the body in different cultures and different times. So this is something that we want to be thinking about too. The body itself is not an objective or self-contained reality, but it's something that's constructed differently by different peoples at different times. He says then that the role of breath or pneuma and chi in both Greek and Chinese cultures is a, is a pivotal place to look at the development of the autonomous body or self in those same cultures. He then goes on to trace um, in more detail how this occurs in um, Greek medicine, the history of Greek medicine, and how that's tied to a fascination with muscles 
that's a peculiarly Western phenomenon or European phenomenon. The origins of this uh, European fascination with musculature has to do not only with how the body became understood from uh, as an anatomical object, but also has to do with how Europeans came to know themselves or embody themselves from within as volitional, volitional agents. So on page 25, he talks about this, the emergence of muscles as a topic for investigation by uh, medical traditions in Greek culture, reflects the culmination of a long evolution in, the Greek th in Greek thinking about personhood, and in particular, the emergence of the concept of an autonomous will, of free will. So the emergence of ideas of pneuma or breath went hand in hand, he says on page 27, with the experience of an active life driven not by outer winds or divine influences, but by changes interior to and defining the self. So I think this article is one of the most exciting that we have for uh, this course for this semester, partly because it addresses one of the, one of the few articles we have that addresses um, the history of our own conception of our own bodies um, in um, European-derived uh, intellectual traditions and how that could be then disrupted by our understanding of the history of medicine, the history of European thinking about um, bodies and breath and uh, the, the self, and then how we might um, appreciate uh, Chinese traditions or South Asian traditions differently by investigating our own traditions and our own preconceptions. So this has a lot to do with um, the kinds of philosophical or phenomenological exploration that you're doing in this course by thinking about your own experience of your bodies and your breathing in relation particularly to the environment and to the wind that you're trying to notice and feel as you walk outside and spend time outside. <laughs>